Innocent Child. Good evening, everybody. 2011 is the time, the 17th of October 2022. Your host, your regular host, Song Azamabegza is back from The Viewpoint. Last week, I should have told you that I wouldn't be here, but I beg your pardon for that. I was away in the great nation of Kenya delivering a conference paper on international trade. The interface between public procurement and competition, law, regulation and policy. That's what I was offering insights on. It was thoroughly well received and it felt good to be in the realm and spaces of academia. Not at all to say I did not miss this platform, miss you guys. Thoroughly enjoy radio and it's great to be here. Oliver Dixon, thanks to you for Monday. John Gerica, thanks to you for Tuesday, my dear colleagues who stood in for me when I was not available to do so. And of course, the technical and production team, Lesejo Phineas, as well as Ntabi Singh. Well, back to regular radio. And my guest this evening is a man who, between us, no strangers, Mr. Lois Opancho, chairperson or chairman of Fish SA. Brief story. He and I met 2009, I think it was, or 2008, at an interview at a law firm. I got the job. He didn't. But this is the real story. He went on to do far greater things than I have been able to do. He's remained in the profession and he's grown just not within the profession, but way beyond, including his chairmanship of a very important organization in the development of the nation, particularly as it pertains to the ocean's economy and food security and engaging the competing interests between the ocean's economy in terms of marine life, as well as the opportunities nonetheless our exclusive economic zone offers from an oil and gas perspective, and it is that engagement that I wish to have with him. Now, Loiso, good evening. Thank you for joining us, Bud. Uh, good evening. Good evening, uh, Sangez. You're being too kind. You're being too kind. I think you've, you've done great yourself. Uh, yeah, nice bit of history there, but I think you've, you've done very well yourself and uh, particularly proud of you. And good evening to you and your listeners. Certainly, Buti. Thank you so much for the respect and uh, the love between us has always been appreciated between me. I remember bumping into you quite a lot of times in room one, serving and filing notices, Cape High Court, Kingdom Street. But let, let, let's engage some serious issues now because you and I met quite recently in August, I think it was, at a dialogue between the Department of Forestry, Fisheries and Environment in joint dialogue with the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy. And the question was the coexistence between essentially the oil and gas opportunities that the oceans offer and nonetheless the opportunities, the marine life, not just from a biodiversity perspective, but also from a food nutrition, food security perspective and matters incidental there too. And now in this engaging the question of coexistence, where the fine lines are, where the necessary compromises have to be made. I'm saying this as a, as a broad term so that I can, one, bring the audience in, but more importantly, just allow you to breathe from the perspective of Fish SA. What are your thoughts in relation to these questions, which I can only imagine will be more vexing with time goes on? The economy, perhaps you can include some perspectives as to what in the light of our economy, your perspectives are and general matters about fish essay and food security. So shoot. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Sangeza. And I must just apologize. There is a bit of a, a flu and it's not in my, in, in, in my, in my, as I talk. So no worries, if I, I do, um, uh, please do forgive me. Hmm. <clears throat> uh, well, first of all, fish South Africa, fish essay in short, represents the commercial fishing industry 
uh, in South Africa. Uh, uh, there's about 12 affiliates uh, uh, to FishSA, and those um, associations themselves represent um, the specific uh, associations that fish in a particular sub-industry. To give you an example, um, I don't know sometimes if you like squid, that would be your calamari in a plate. So Very we much. have, a, as one of our affiliates, a South African Squid Management Industry Association. It's called uh, SASMIA. And those uh, a particular, that particular association is in the squid sector. Then you also have the South African Pelagic Fishing Industry Association. And that refers to mainly the pelagic fish. And that is the fish that swims uh, more closer to the surface of the water. And the first that probably goes to uh, that comes to your mind is the sardine. And I think most of us, as we were growing up, we have had the taste of sardine, in particular, the, the canned sardine. Um, the other one, of course, is the lobster. I think we've got a very famous lobster, the West Coast Coast Rock Lobster Association and the South Coast Rock Lobster Association. And lobster being an important um, also uh, uh, part of our part of our offering to the world. And then you've got your, your SASTIA, and that is the South African Deep Sea Trawling Industry Association. And that's a trawling industry mainly for uh, uh, deep sea hake. Most of that uh, harvest goes to the South Europe mainly. Um, and of course, there's bio, uh, there's what we call bio, uh, bycatch that comes with that, such as monk and kingclip. And I'm sure some of you have tasted uh, that uh, delicacy in some of the best restaurants uh, mm -hmm. here. South Africa and also internationally. We also have the Southeast Coast Inshore Fishing, Fishing Association uh, that includes the area around George, Mossel Bay, and, you know, that coastal line there. And then we also have the South African Hague Long Line, and that is an association that refers to the mainly the name Hague Long Line is the method of fishing uh, that is used there. It's more closer to the shore. It's basically in shallow in shallow waters. They also take Hague. That's mainly the hake you will find in, 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 in our towns and fish and chips shops and sometimes also in our train station being sold in the back of a, of a bucket with lots of ice. Uh, you also have what we call South African midwater water troll. Um, and I think the name describes exactly what happens there. It basically refers to trolling that is not deep sea. That's basically on the midwater troll. And one of our flagships is also South African Tuna Association, um, as the name suggests, it's basically the tuna. And the last one is, uh, in fact, not the last one, is the South African Tuna Long Line and also the Patagonian Fish Industry Association and the Large Pelagic. So all those 12 associations are part of what is Fish SA uh, today. Uh, just to give you an indication in terms of the uh, economic contribution of the fishing industry, if you were to look at uh, the Western Cape as a province, uh, fishing industry contributes to about just in excess of 5% to the provincial GDP of the Western Cape and just below 1% to the GDP of the, or, or rather the national GDP. So it is a, it is a very important um, a job creator. Um, I mean, we've got 34,000 direct jobs uh, at our last count that come directly mm. from the commercial fishing industry. And if you add other other jobs, uh, you know, down the stream, uh, indirect jobs uh, that come out also out of the fishing industry. Those jobs include, for example, drivers uh, from a, a logistics point of view. Uh, you know, the the laundry, the people basically wash the clothes that we get that get used in our factories. 
if you if you look at all of that, uh, uh, we're looking at about eighty-four thousand people in total. So it's, it's it's quite a significant contributor, and it's been a significant contributor uh, over 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 the years. And of course, it differs in terms of um, uh, each one where where it is consumed. You know, uh, if you're looking looking at our squid, to give you an example, you mainly fish that around uh, 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 Port Saint Francis. That's an area around Port, uh, Port Elizabeth, which is now called Tabeja, uh, right down Mosel Bay up to Cape Algarhas. Now, out of that, you've got about 123 sea freezing vessel, and we export 99% of that. And there's not much, uh, there's not much competition in South Africa in terms of that level of export, other than uh, maybe the the, the 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 minerals. You know, and we pride ourselves, you know, to having kept the standard that we've kept in terms of being able to access top markets in the East, top markets in Southern Europe, and also top markets in America in particular for, uh, for, 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 for our tuna. So the entire value basically of our, of our industry sits at about 8 billion a year in terms of what we make out of, out of, out of, out, out of revenue. And that's not insignificant if you're looking at it from a, an economic point of view and the benefit that's derived by medium-sized, small mm. and big companies sure. within the fishing industry. So uh, that was just on the economic side, so so to speak. Now, perhaps on this, on 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 the competing interest uh, that we now find ourselves as you make. Shall we make do that reference. after the break? I think that's where okay. the tension is probably going to be more invited when we talk about the competing interest. Look, you make a strong case out. I mean, the more I listen to you about clearly the contribution of the fishing industry to the country the more i want to hear about that but that doesn't of course take place in a vacuum of what you refer to as the competing interest and i'm going to invite now the listeners to participate in this conversation please 0860 000 sorry 086 2032 please call that nine to participate in this conversation lois opanjwa returns after the ad break he's the chairperson of fish sa the Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezomapete on SAFM. We're having a good time here in studio and we're having a good time on air. Mr. Loiso Panjwa is on the line. He is the chairperson of Fish SA. Talking to us about the value of the fishing industry is to the South African economy from also a labor perspective, confirming some 34,000 people directly are employed as a result of the ocean's economy and if you extend that in the line of service and supplies in relation to the complete value chain the number goes up to something in excess of 100,000 so it certainly is not a negligible industry and the numbers they have are certainly not insignificant but in reality I would imagine Lois and this is before you can go to the competing interest some comment as to you are still punching below your weight in relation to the potential and the reality. These numbers are great, and it's a growing industry in South Africa, which is nice, but it could be a lot more formalized. There could be far greater investments in the fishing industries, more particularly when you engage what Operation Pagisa of 2014-2015 had suggested would be the economic opportunity that the some 3,000-plus kilometers of coastline, Northern Cape, Western Cape, Eastern Cape, KwaZulu-Natal offers, we probably should be having more tonnage, more returns, more exports, and more delicacies in the name of South African fishing industries. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Tonjo Sangezo, and again to listeners. <clears throat> well, it's not a question of, um, you know, we, we've got a potential that is uh, untapped from a, a fishing point of view per se. And I think with all due respect to what Operation Pakisa is, is about, mm. it, it, it looks into, you know, uh, creating opportunities that come as a result of utilization of uh, marine resources that are, that may not necessarily be about commercial fishing. For example, there is ocean, ocean um, uh, tourism mm. uh, that people often talk about, shark diving, you know, and all of that. that that's part and parcel of what uh, Pakistan looks at. When you look at fishing specifically, you, you will have a problem if it, it comes to the availability of the species or the sustainability of the species if we simply use a language that said, well, we sit with fish that we actually don't utilize. Because over the last 10, 20 years, uh, we've seen this across the world, but more so in South Africa, actually the availability of um, uh, the fish that we harvest has become a challenge for the fishing industry. Because, you know, we're not dealing here with a resource that's that's completely abundant. Um, you know, we're dealing with a resource that is constrained by a number of things, including the climate change, including the need to fish sustainably and preserve other marine life. So as far as that is concerned, you've got to, you've got to look at it in that context. To give you an example, today, uh, you're looking at, uh, I'll give you an example of um, the, 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 the pelagic, that is the sardines. For example, it's a migratory species. Uh, uh, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, the available tonnage that you could get out of the sea was double uh, what we now can get out of the sea. Now we can only take out about 350,000 of the sardines out of the sea because they've become they've become very scarce. And, and, and there are many reasons for that, uh, of course. And we also have to ensure that while we have to catch this tonnage, we also balance it up in terms of ensuring that it is sustainable. So there are, there are challenges. And you can remember, you must remember also, the amount of investment that has been made by the industry in terms of boats, you know, um, a new boat, for example, for a deep sea trawl is anything between 80 to 120 million. Now, if you make that investment, uh, you can imagine uh, as long as how much it's going to take for you to pay back that debt over time on a resource that you're not guaranteed every year that you're going to get the same the same tonnage or even more because there's no guarantee that that resource is going to be there so th this is part of the challenge it's, it's risky it's well it's, it's overly regulated uh, and we don't we're not complaining about that i think we i think we understand that we are where we are as a country from a a, a thriving industry uh, point of view if we didn't regulate it by now we'll be like other uh, african countries that have dismally failed to protect their marine resources as a result they have no opportunity to speak um, of a thriving industry as we are we've Fine. also yeah <clears throat> no, no no i i do want you to actually move on to the competing interest and i, I think where well, i sort of my question took you off a bit on that one also i'm just conscious of time and the fact that my next story is in about 10 minutes from now just to remind the listeners mr Luis Opanjo is the chairperson of fish sa the unsustainable harvest of the world's oceans has led to the depletion and in some cases the collapse of many of the world's major seafood stocks. We are engaging part of that conversation with my brother, Loiso, as we are the opportunity, nonetheless, that is presented by the ocean's economy, um, fishing particularly being the question. But on that question, there are competing interests, and I would love for Loiso to engage that now, as I would you on 086 000 2032. That's the number to call. 
alternatively 0614-104-107. That's the WhatsApp facility to engage. Competing interests, who are you guys fighting or who do you have to agree with or agree to disagree for that matter? I think we agree to disagree uh, in particular with the um, uh, oil and gas industry uh, that's uh, conducting explorations and, 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 and also the mining industry um, as well. Uh, well, we understand that we have to share the space uh, with other with other sectors, and this being a I won't say necessarily a new sector, but it's becoming now even more prominent given the needs of the country, which we cannot deny. But of course, uh, we don't think that there is enough science that looks at the impact. We don't think that the studies uh, over over the years uh, can point out and make and make a, and give us comfort that the marine resources are not uh, disadvantaged. However, as we know, we know that there's been zones that are put aside uh, for these activities to take place. And we are not completely saying that they should not take place. But I think we're making a call to say we've got to look out for this, uh, for the fishing industry. We've got to look out for these resources so that to ensure that they are sustainable in 100 years time to come. Because as you know, you know, we need to continue fishing for generations and we can be in control of that process if we take uh, important decisions now. And also, if we conduct these activities at sea, uh, you know, uh, we're back to with, with proper science. We, we don't think we are yet there. We don't think the impact is understood. And there's various scientific reasons why we say that. And and I think that dialogue must continue. And you spoke about the other uh, dialogue that was taking place in Cape Town. And we are hoping to continue having that dialogue so that we can build base knowledge that would guide both the both industries in ensuring that we do not harm you know, the marine life, and thus we do not compromise food security, we do not compromise the, the industry, while we also do not want to compromise the other developmental challenges driven by the need to explore the, um, uh, you know, whether mining uh, or gas uh, on our shores. The question then becomes, Loiso, where is the fine line that would satisfy you if you make that concession when you say you are mindful of the reality of, for instance, oil and gas and other non-food-based operations that are taking place at sea. To what extent would you make a concession or allowance? I would suggest, and I think we've made this point, that build the science, uh, you know, to the level to the level that it can give both sides a, a, a comfort before rushing to, 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 to partake in these activities. Now, one would say, well, they have been taking place, uh, you know, even, 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 even though limitedly, but we think that the speed at which now these applications are coming through, you can tell that, the, that there is a change of attitude to try and do more explorations. Now, for us, we think that that rush needs to be coordinated better. It has not been done that way before. But now that there is this rush, you've got to put a pause a little bit and say, well, let's beef up our, our science because most of the any of these damages that may occur as a result of these activities, it's 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 not going to be possible, you know, to 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 rehabilitate some of the marine life that is going to be affected, and the effect thereof is going to take uh, a million years, and 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 in some instances it may be irreversible. So the the risk is far too high. So we haven't built that knowledge base. I would suggest that uh, we work with the other industries, such as the oil and gas, to ensure that we are building that 
uh, you know, scientific knowledge-based work with academic universities in this country have been some of the top in the world from the fisheries research point of view, then we bring in the other parties as well so that we can even demarcate certain areas that are going to be uh, uh, far away from uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say danger, but far away from the sensitive marine and biology life at sea, and also taking into account other sectors. I mentioned fisheries here because that's where I'm in, but I'm sure the tourism industry and Operation Pakisa also would want to have a lot to say on this. But I think while we want to push for this development, this new competing interest, mm-hmm. we have not built a knowledge base. It's a high risk uh, for marine life. It's high risk for our for Very our well. industry. Yeah. There are calls coming through, but lest I forget after taking these three calls, please just mark this. And I think this is going to be essentially the first, let me call it rebuttal or engagement on what you have said. One is the research that is the basis of why Australia and her coastline have successful mining companies and yet have something like this ecological wonder that is the Great Barrier Reef. Surely some of that research and the empirical evidence to which you make reference exists there. And generally speaking, at that dialogue we were at, they were proponents for why we should look to explore, if you like, oil and gas deposits along our EEZ, exclusive economic zone. Equally, Norway, her sovereign wealth fund is predicated on her oil reserves, but we know very well how Norway has been the global leader in, for instance, the export of salmon. In other words, the coexistence of the marine life, food, fish particularly, and major mining activities of the kind, oil and gas, are these two countries at a minimum have offered us perspectives as to how we can move. I want to take calls now. In this order, please. Ruben from Soweto, Ray from KZN, Colin in Cape Town, and Anonymous in the Eastern Cape. Ruben Ray, Colin, Anonymous. Ruben, good evening. Good evening, sir. Indeed. Good evening. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. I just want to find out. Uh, then I've got a monthly recreation fishing permit over here. And so I'm not fishing on the coast. I'm just fishing on the rivers. And so now I just want to ask Mr. Lloyd. Uh, and so then this permit has got one up to 14 over here. And so now the river where I get... I. I have to use the caster net. And so I want to find out whether then uh, are they going to charge me to, uh, 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 for that net or what, or how much do they charge or what? I don't know. Okay. Thank you so much, Dada Ruben. Much appreciated. Uloiso is noting your calls and your comments and your questions, and he will reply on the other side of Anonymous's call. Let's go to Ray in KZN. Ray? Good evening, sir. Indeed. Good evening, Zonka. Indeed, Ray. How are you, my brother? Ray, I'm fine. Thanks. Your question, please. My question to the to your 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 guest there. How come he allowed the the drone system to be taking place in KZN, right through the coast? You know, it's a drone system that you use a drone like a helicopter thing. And you know what these guys are doing with the fish? They're killing their sharks. And it's all sad. Are you there? We are very much here. Loiso is listening and he will certainly reply to you. Thank you so much, Ray. Loiso, I'm sure you have noted that. Let's go to Cape Town. Colin. Uh, good evening, Mr. Gazer. Indeed. Uh, good evening to your guest. Good evening. Uh, you know, I was just thinking, you know, in years ago, years ago, every day, 
from Oosterplaat is Shackleton, die big um, planes, is to patrol the west coast, they come down the east coast. Every single day, they used to leave Oosterplaat. Now, the fish is getting scarce now. Haven't we got foreigners, uh, trawlers coming close to our shore, our waters, into our waters, the factory boats, uh, they stay there for weeks and months and months, they catch a fish, you get the factory boats, and just carry it, and they move on without us even knowing. We haven't even got patrols anymore in this country. Our Navy called patrol, we haven't got Shackletons. The government must start thinking about getting some some source of patrolling our coast before it's too late. Sure, sure. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much, Colin. Yeah, I think, Loisa, that's a very important point. China is in the region of 2,000 boats in international waters just doing some illegal operations. And I know we have caught quite a few here in this country, Cape Town in particular. And the question is, what are some of the national interest or sovereign issues that are engaged or triggered by the question that Colin has raised. Very important point. Final call for the segment anyway. Anonymous in the Eastern Cape. Thanks, um, Sandeza, and uh, good evening to your guest. Two quick questions, perhaps three. Um, maybe firstly a comment. It would be a good thing if we were to have um, the view, the perspective of the regulators on these matters and uh, particularly to the point of the listener just now who was talking about the issues of patrol. But here is my point, Sanderson. Um, You make an example about Australia. I had initially wanted to use the example about uh, Norway because um, you've got a good coexistence in Norway between the oil and gas as well as the, 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 the fishing sector. But here is my point. What is Fish SA's um, take and maybe initiative around cultivating um, the, the, the fishing stock, uh, aquaculture, so to speak? Mm. And where is their um, um, research in, in, in that regard? Um, and maybe the last question, why is the industry, uh, Fish, uh, what's Fish, Fish SA? SA? around um, the fact that this industry seems only to be existing in the Western Cape, whereas the fish, um, in our view from the Eastern Cape, is, um, it, it, it does exist all mm. around the coast. Mm. So how did the Western Cape get to be where it is, whereas the rest of the country is not? Thank you. Very good points, Mr. Pandra. I think I'm just going to take a very short, very short break just to give you an opportunity to organize your thoughts as you reply to the listeners. For those of you who are interested, the conversation, of course, continues after this conversation that I'm having with Lois. So it's the innovation segment. E-hailing business introduces new business model. That will be a conversation on the other side of this conversation. After the break, Loiso returns with your comment. Song is on on SAFM. Yeah, we are back here on SAFM, Lesejo, Phineas, and Tabiseng. Their regards to you at home. Loiso, take it away, please. Uh, thank you so much, and thank you for the for the questions from the listeners. I think I'll start maybe with the last one, um, you know, in respect of the, the fishing mainly being concentrated in the, in the Western Cape. I think from a commercial point of view, um, and also geography, marine geography points out to the fact that most of the available spaces would be found um, mainly on the cold waters on the on the side of the Atlantic. 
And I mean, that has got nothing to do with, um, you know, that Western Cape is better or being or being preferred. But there are also other economic um, uh, realities that we cannot avoid, and that includes the availability of harbors uh, that can manage vessels of our size, especially on the mid-water troll and also on the on the deep on the deep trolling vessel. And that too is something that we cannot avoid. But there is um, uh, activities taking place in the in the in the Kabeha area. Uh, Squid, for example, is concentrated between uh, Port Alfred and all the way down to about um, uh, nearly said Jeffers Bay. There is a town after Jeffers Bay. I think it's um, okay. I will remember it uh, soon as well. Uh, but on the end two, as you drive from Port Elizabeth, Muscle there's Bay? another big town. Uh, sorry, Muscle Bay. Uh, well, well, most of it is further down, but it's still within within the Eastern Cape. Uh, just to give an example, and then of course you've got uh, others in Deben. Um, uh, there's other species that you're able to find find in Deben as well. But of course, um, this is warm water we're talking about. So yes, pelagic you will find, for example, along the Indian along the India Indian coast. Uh, but when you come down and you're looking at lobster, for example, you'll find out that lobster is going to be on the east coast, which is your Mosel Bay, George. And then, and also the west coast, which is now on the um, on the on the west side of the country, your Saldana, and so on. And then you also will have your tuna, which will be far far deeper into uh, sometimes beyond our EEZ waters. Uh, uh, so uh, especially on the southern side uh, of the of the of the of the coast. So you've got those realities, and and it's not because. Um, you know, there is any 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 particular bias towards the the, the the Western Cape per se. Now, on the on the question of aquaculture, I think it's an important one. It's part of the conversation that Operation Pakisa uh, is having, including what is now being prepared uh, by the department and other stakeholders, which speaks to a uh, marine master plan. And I would invite you, Sangas, at some point, maybe to invite uh, the department to comment on this. Um, aquaculture is is is, is a big part. Uh, and some of our members, we have seen a few of them, especially the medium size and the bigger players, invest in aquaculture. It does take a lot of resources. It does require that there is a lot of patience in terms of producing certain species that you are able to produce via aquaculture. But you cannot produce and replicate every marine species uh, through the aquaculture system. So it is something that uh, is being done. And some of our members have done that. I think there is also even an aquaculture association in South Africa. And it's it's something that we encourage because it's going to put, uh, it's going to lessen the burden on our ocean in order to allow our stocks to recover. Because as long as uh, the reality is, we do need some of our, our stocks to recover. Uh, it, it's an important it's an important conversation, and that government is engaged on. But as I say, it requires a whole, whole lot of stakeholders to come on board, including funding, including training, including education, uh, to come about in order for people to learn more about. Uh, aquaculture and what species they can be able to grow. Uh, we do not allow foreign vessels to fish in our waters, and we thank government for that. I think you make a good example about uh, what it would take. I mean, China has got one billion plus people. Imagine if we allowed our oceans with all the rich uh, marine resources they have, it, it would it would be catastrophic for our oceans. So uh, you also make a mention of the fact that at some point uh, a few years ago, there were a few vessels that were uh, arrested for fishing illegal in our waters and that is exactly what we do as an industry we encourage that and we we in a fortunate position that some of our vessels are equipped with the, with the necessary infrastructure that we can pick up a foreign vessel in our waters um, you know even even when we are even when we are deep at sea uh, we can pick up that you know there is a vessel encroaching onto our eez and we are able to report 
uh, that vessel or that vessel will be escorted out of our EEZ immediately. And it is not a big problem, but I can say it does not remain a risk, but it's unlikely uh, given the cooperation and given the vigilance of our industry to try and protect the, the, the marine life. Now, the question about the drone system and the fishing method, final I think comment, it's more yes. for the... Uh, sorry? I hope that's the final comment. We have about two minutes left. Okay, two minutes. All right. Uh, yeah, well, that would be more appropriate for the Department uh, of, 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 of Fisheries. I don't want to speak uh, on their behalf on that, and I'm not sure what sort of uh, licensing... Uh, those people would have received and what the specifications uh, would be same as the issue of the rivers and and the nets because we focus on the marine on the marine fishing so as long as that would be the answers to your uh, to your listeners questions thank you so much Lois. so of course you have thrown down the gauntlet we will engage the department of forestry fisheries and environment and we will certainly i think as this kind of conversation would merit and warrant have not necessarily a right of reply, but certainly a perspective from the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy in the light of everything that you have said, which is very much thought-provoking and certainly getting us to engage some of the core issues that perhaps this amount of time does not allow. But certainly for your time and more, thank you so much. Thank you so much to your listeners as well. Certainly, Mr. Luis Opanzo, Chairperson, Fish SA, quite the erudite fellow that man is, and what you have heard is nothing when you engage him in person. 2045.